and welcome to Women in the Business Arena, formerly known as the Liberation Lab. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs how to conquer the business arena and achieve not just success, but fulfillment and liberation. We also believe that this is a continual journey of ups and downs, so we get honest, vulnerable, and real about what it takes to succeed. Think of this as joining our inner circle of women discussing the issues that matter and the strategies that will help you enjoy the ride. If you want to continue the discussion, join our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. We would love to hear from you. Okay, let's get started. Welcome to Women in the Business Arena. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Laura Shukizman. Hey, Laura. Hello, lovely. How are you? I am doing well. I'm happy to be on this recording with you. It's always my highlight. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Although I'm coming with a little bit of my, you know, sick and sexy voice. Ooh, <laughs> that yes. Lower voice. So we'll see. We'll <laughs> see how we go today. But we, we really want to talk about an important topic because I've seen this a lot lately. A lot of people talk about it. But we haven't actually fully addressed it head on here in our episodes. So we thought, let's talk about imposter syndrome. What is imposter syndrome? Why do so many women experience it? And, you know, how can we sort of navigate it so that we can not have it topple us over time and time again? Because what I see is it takes up a lot of attention and time. Mm -hmm. Every time we sort of have those doubts about ourselves, it stops our momentum and it slows us down from creating what we really want. Yeah, I'm really um, grateful that we're diving into this topic because I think it's one that requires revisiting it and constantly making it as transparent as possible. That that it's something that we all, as a, as humans, experience. I don't think there's too many people that escape the feeling of imposter syndrome. And so, if our listeners are probably most of us have heard that term, but if you haven't, or if you're curious exactly what it means is, you know, it's the, I, it's the feeling that we're not truly who we are saying that we are in the world, that there is this imposter in us, a fraud, that we aren't as smart, that we aren't really the expert, that we aren't as talented, that we aren't as successful, that we aren't as worthy, we're not as valuable. I mean, the list kind of goes on. It's that feeling that we, if you just put it in a nutshell, it's like, we're not enough. We're not enough. And it comes up in business a lot for women because it's a time as an entrepreneur that you're really putting yourself out there for some women the first time that they're really on the pedestal, like out in front leading because a lot of times women are in the background and doing a lot of the supportive work or even on teams, you know, they're kind of standing behind other team members, but as entrepreneurs, especially solo entrepreneurs, when you're completely putting yourself out there, what happens when there you are with your value and your expertise out for everyone to see why do we find ourselves starting to crumble and to doubt and to feel afraid of whether that's really true and if people will discover that we're not good enough. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's so interesting. And I, and you know, just in terms of sort of there's a there's layers of when it gets to be more intense, right? So when we're working for someone else, we might feel it a little bit less, right? When we go into our own business, if we've got a brand that's not us, so, you know, say we're, we're, we've got products or we've got a, something that's an agency and we're sort of hiding behind that, it will still feel some imposter syndrome, but less. You've got where you're hiding, like you're actually putting out your name, mm-hmm. you know, you're putting out your unique sort of offering and expertise and packaging. You're on stage. You wrote a book. Like things where there's more vulnerability, we tend to hit imposter syndrome in a much like higher level. So yes. it's really And that correlation is really important. The more vulnerable we feel, mm-hmm. the more that we really are showing up as ourselves is when we can start to experience. It's, it's sort of the shadow side. Often it comes, it's the unconscious. It comes after the moment of brilliance, you know, you're on the stage, you're excited, you've made it um, in your mind, you've met some sort of goal in your business. And then it's sort of this, what I think, um, is it Brene Brown that calls it a vulnerability hangover, that term? Mm. I think that within the vulnerability hangover, there comes the imposter syndrome mentality. Sometimes like, oh God, what was, what did I just do? I didn't really, I know I'm not good enough to be this. Yeah. And it's so fascinating how there is this inherent unworthiness. And I've heard mm. some spiritual um, teachers and, and people that have kind of studied sort of that. Why is that important in our spiritual path? And there is sort of an agreement that it's an, it's part of that existential dilemma that we all face is, can we find not only meaning in life, but do we find our place in that meaning, you know, in, in that what's our purpose and what's our place? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's really interesting because I almost think that sometimes when we start to experience imposter syndrome, it's a sign that we're moving in the right direction. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I think there's a lot of sort of judgment and negativity around it. You know, like people are like, oh, that's such a bad thing to have. But sometimes I think it's a sign that we're actually moving into more realness and that's why it's more vulnerable, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I think it's actually, you know, sometimes instead of looking at it, if we start to experience imposter syndrome, that it's a bad thing. I think we need to turn it around and really look at it. It means that, you know, we're getting more real and honest and authentic and incongruent. And so that's a good thing. So we just need to maybe learn how to navigate it more effectively so that we can pass it. Because I think it's a very... It's like a temporary thing. It's one of those, you know, emotions or thoughts that kind of flows if we let it. Otherwise, it's sort of we can hold it and it gets stuck. Yeah. And if we hit shame around it. So I think that's why it's so important that we're talking about it and bringing visibility to it because it's the the number one thing to understand, in my opinion, about imposter syndrome is that it's a natural experience like you said, it comes from a good place of, from the opposite of being vulnerable. So that's actually great. We were just vulnerable, but it's going to feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And if we're conscious of it and we don't necessarily um, just crawl back in and feel shame around it and we acknowledge, okay, like I'm not the only one and I'm not alone and this is coming up for me and why? And, And to your point, maybe okay, what did I just do that moved me closer to my authentic expression? Why is this sort of the, um, that back where, why am I backtracking? 
well, probably because it felt more vulnerable than you expected to step into your expertise, into your true self in the world. And that can be interpreted if we, if we take away the shame, the isolation, and we understand that this is a part of being in business and a part of our evolution of self, then we have a different understanding. We can be compassionate and talk to ourselves like we would a friend. I always think about like, you have that wonderful friend that says to you, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm horrible at this. No one's ever going to pay me to do this. What was I thinking? And, and for you, when you hear that person, you just think, what? You're the most amazing person. Like you are so smart. You're so talented. Everyone knows it. And so we see that with our friends. And so just remember to dialogue ourselves, you know, as kind of if we were talking to our friend right now, what would we say? And we would most likely come in and start reminding our friend of all the things we actually do know and all the ways that we um, are the opposite of being a fraud. We're actually a very experienced, um, talented, skilled person in this whatever area that we're teaching. Yeah. And, and I think it's really interesting because I don't think uh, imposter syndrome really happens no matter how skilled, how much expertise, you know, it happens for everyone. I I don't know that I've ever met, and you know, especially women, I don't know that I've ever met any woman, even like the most successful woman. And you hear, you can hear people in Hollywood talking about this or, you know, people that are truly have like reached the the top, you know, that they still experience that imposter syndrome. So it, it is somehow embedded into us on such a deep level that everyone kind of has this experience. I mean, I know that, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, f- I feel it all the time. Like sometimes I stop and I think, wow, am I really providing value to people? <laughs> and, you know, I've had decades of experience. Like I have people tell me that they, you know, they value what I offer, that they've had such transformation and change and blah, blah, blah. But it's like in my own head, in my own dialogue, there's still this doubt that creeps up. And that's really what I think is the trigger, you know, the, the imposter syndrome, the idea of it is really, it's doubt. It's doubt in ourself. It's doubt in the value that we provide specifically that we're worthy and that we're good enough. And I think, you know, it's highlighted imposter syndrome because we're on stage. You know, it's usually triggered at a time when we're on stage, whether it's like we're on stage because we're operating a business and we're marketing ourselves, putting ourselves out there. We're on stage because we're, you know, trying to be, um, have a value exchange for what we're offering someone. And I think, you know, it's, it's something to explore because we don't talk enough about it, but I know every woman I've ever worked with encounters it. And then there's myself and you and, you know, all of the other women that I've um, been around as well. But I also think, you know, what's really interesting is it is more prevalent in women than men. Yeah. And why is that? We have talked on this podcast before that from like a culturally, from a culture conditioning standpoint, men are often from a very young age given more encouragement to express their talents in the classroom, like to their, you know, the same gender education for women or for girls has been a proponent of of same gender because girls will hold up their hands more, speak out more and feel more comfortable. Um, Because in a room with other boys, the boys will 
raise their hands first or they um, actually I heard something really interesting that one of the reasons this happens too is that because the conditioning for women to be um, polite or little girls to be mm. asked for permission that when you in a room with boys and girls, if a teacher asks a question, the girls will raise their hands, but the boys will blurt out the answers. Mm. <laughs> like for the most, a lot of times they're so excited to share that they know the answer, they just say it, and the teacher's quick to be like, "Oh yeah, that's right." Where the girls still waiting, still waiting, like I knew that, but I'm waiting for you to call on me. And so, mm. just so many dynamics. It's just one, but so many dynamics that men are constantly um, given the opportunity or take the opportunity to be seen, to be spotlighted, to be heard. And so that gets more comfortable, right? The more experience you have with that, the more comfortable you become with like, yeah, that must be true. So we look to our teachers, we look to our parents, we look to our, our boss, like we want this validation, you know, do, do I really, um, am I important is what I'm saying relevant. And so there can be sort of an argument there that boys receive more external validation because they're just, there's more opportunities in which they are kind of grabbing the mic or taking that spotlight. With women and girls are waiting to be called on and waiting for that permission. And so when we actually step forward on the stage, we haven't really, in a way, we haven't even asked permission. So imposter syndrome could be like, oh, wait, I just took the mic am I supposed to be taking the mic? Like, is, mm. wait a minute. Have I been endorsed? Like we're still kind of waiting to be called on. That's so interesting. I mean, that's such an interesting perspective, right? Is that, you know, we're indoctrinated and taught, like you said, to ask permission. So it's like, we're still asking that. Imposter syndrome is so much that, that we're asking permission. Is it is it right that I'm doing this? Is it worth worth it? Am I worthy of it? You know, am I an imposter? It's like there's still that looking for external validation, right? That that we are not an imposter and that we are worthy. We're still turned outside instead of really checking in with ourselves to say, yeah, yeah look, I'm being authentic. This is what I am. This is what I have to offer. People can take it or leave it. You know, not everybody has to value me, right? But the people that I'm, I'm su- supporting and helping, you know, like they can take it or leave it. That's, that's what I'm doing. Like I'm offering myself and, and yet we don't check in. It's still that external validation. You know, is someone out there going to tell me that I'm not an imposter? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like is somebody else going to validate that I am the expert. And this kind of goes back to, I don't know. And I have sort of like men are more concerned that they won't be taken seriously. I think their imposter syndrome is, do I, am I kind of, um, do I look like the inexperienced boy? Are they not going to take me seriously? There's some kind there like theirs is more, am I not going to be seen as having enough power, but women have this, am I not going to be seen? You know, yeah, and the good enough. I mean, that's just such a that's such a resounding feeling that I feel like so much of us are trying to grasp. Like, am I good enough? You know, it's it's just and it's so interesting because when you really break it apart, what is good enough, right? Like, whoever came up with that 
that we're not good enough or we're good enough and who decides what's good enough. Like, but I think this is such a, a piece of uh, that core part of our humanity that we're always questioning, am I good enough? And especially girls, especially women. So I think that that's a really important question is this, am I good enough? And why do women have this question so much more often? Or I think men have it, but it, it kind of comes up as like, am I powerful enough? Am I smart? There's a little bit of, am I going to be taken seriously um, for men? But for women, it's sort of, am I going to be seen at all? It is a nuance. Like, I do think it's a different, uh, like, I do think men and women, like, part of our humanity is this questioning of whether or not we're good enough. And, you know, and what is imposter? You know, are we an imposter? Are we a fraud? Like, you know, like, I think this is, that's part of our humanity. I don't think anyone is completely um, out of that experience. But I do think the flavors are very different between men and women. And part of that, I think, is the indoctrination and it is the way that we've been conditioned and it is the way that we've experienced things. And so what I find is for women, it's much harder to move through that. And it has to be moved through. If you're going to succeed in business, you really do have to find some ways through that imposter syndrome. Like, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily go away, right? I don't know that we're ever going to get to a point where like, I never doubt whether or not I'm good enough, right? I, I mean, that'd be great if we actually reach that place. But, you know, I'm not going for that. I think I have to learn to navigate it quickly. And so, you know, that's one of the interesting pieces is that, you know, it comes up and we have to learn to deal with it because it's such yeah. a part of, of our business experience because we have to put ourselves out there. Yeah. And again, not staying silent with it, not isolating around, I'm the only one that feels this way, being able to share with someone you trust. Um, I think that's uh, one way that I'm able to, like first is my own acknowledgement of, uh uh-oh, I'm in that place of doubting myself. What does that mean if I stepped into something that's a bit new and uncomfortable and I'm just struggling, you know, to really trust myself. And so I just need to sit with myself and remember that I've got this and I have everything I need to do what I'm meant to do. So some of it for me is coming back into meditation and centering and and kind of talking to my, getting my wise self to talk to my younger insecure (laughs) self that's, that's coming up. Like, I don't know if I can do this. And then telling people I really trust I'm struggling with this. Um, and it's wonderful. Like sometimes we need that validation from them just to say, yeah, you do have this and it's normal. And of course we all go through this. So I think that the, the hardest thing is if we stay silent and we don't talk about it and then it festers and self doubt is it's toxic. And like you said, imposter syndrome is not necessarily a bad thing if you're conscious of it and you recognize, oh, something maybe needs to shift. I'm needing more support. I'm not, I'm maybe feeling burnt out. I'm not resourced or like something may need to be um, shifted for me to feel better about this. And that's either an internal shift I can make or even asking for external support and like being able to navigate it in those ways and not just being silent and shame spiraling. Yeah. And that's the piece is I think it needs to be dealt with when it comes up. So then the first step really is that we have to become aware of it. When do we encounter it? When does it come up for us? You know, because if we can quickly sort of be like, oh, there it is. Mm -hmm. And we have that awareness almost immediately we're separated from it. 
We can look at it. We can do something with it or not do something with it. But it's like we are in more control. Whereas I think what happens is that a lot of times we don't catch ourselves in it. It's mm-hmm. like then it's like we're it's like we're completely controlled by it. Like it starts to determine how we feel, what we do next, where our actions take us, right? Because that's what I see is that self-doubt in general and, you know, imposter syndrome, all of it, what it does is it sabotages women's success. Like, and that's what I see in business is that rather than, you know, them see it, become aware of it and then do something around it. And we'll talk about some strategies to do something with, but, you know, it's like, then it becomes, like you said, this shame spiral. And then it's, really a lot of time before someone is back up again with their momentum or back up again in their right actions in order to be able to create what they want in their business. And what I've learned over time is that losing momentum is one of the worst things that we can do in business. Like we don't, we don't acknowledge it very much. And we've talked a little bit about that in another episode, but I think I find for myself, if I lose momentum, it takes weeks to get back to where I was before I lost that momentum. And that's, you know, and that's really hard in business when we're looking to make sales, when we have lots Mm -hmm. of people to work with, when we're growing our businesses, losing that kind of momentum is debilitating, debilitating for our business and for ourselves. So I think, you know, it's really important for us to start with becoming aware of when does that pattern come up for us and what does it look like so that we catch it almost immediately. Yeah. Yes. And sometimes I think when it's a really most common and sort of we think the first thing that we talked about and this is when it comes up I think in a more healthy way is when you step into your bigger self you know and you actually do stretch and you do do something you've not done before so you do a TEDx talk like you did Sonia you write a book and it's out there in the world you um, are you know doing your first keynote at a conference I mean those are goals that you've probably had for a while and you step into them and it's big and unfamiliar and yet exciting. And I think that's kind of an unhealthy place where the sort of the vulnerability hangover leads into a little imposter syndrome freak out of like, Oh my gosh, you know, is anybody going to listen to this? Is it was, you know, um, and am I the person to have said this or wrote this, but there's another time that it comes up that I feel I'm a little more concerned about that I see happening is, and we've talked about this before, but the comparison, yeah, like seeing what other people are doing on social media and starting to feel like you're somehow not an expert enough. You're not smart enough. They seem so effortless. Oh my goodness. Their posts are great. They always say the best things. They always have the most amazing quotes. Like they're so much better. And then that leads to, what am I doing? Why did I ever think I could do this? Like, what yes. do I have to offer? Right. So that one's a little more um, worrisome for me. Like when I know that some of my clients are doing that, like that's when I'm kind of, okay, let's take a look at curating your content and be mindful about where you're going um, in your moments of wanting to, to check out your, um, yeah, your Instagram feed and things like that. Because if you're not walking away feeling good about yourself and you're starting to get into that comparison and starting to feel imposter syndrome, then that's a a time you can actually have, you can do something about that. You can just say, you know what, that's not healthy for me right now. I'm feeling really vulnerable in that place. And I think I'm just going to surround myself with what I know and with my, my, you know, mentors or, you know, trying to limit and set boundaries around some of those things that, steal your joy. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think comparison in general is is ridiculous. Like we're all so unique and the the package we come to the world with, right? That package of experience, that package of decades of whatever we've been through, whatever we've learned, our unique lessons, nobody in the universe has that same package. And I think that this is what we we fail to see sometimes is that we start comparing ourselves. Well, that person has a pretty Instagram feed or whatever, you know, and it's like, yeah, but they don't have whatever you have to bring to the world. And if we all just showed up as ourselves, if we all just showed up, you know, as our unique, you know, package, like that would be amazing, right? That is what I want to see for women in the world. I want to see them showing up in their unique package because that's all that matters. <laughs> that's yeah. all that matters. And we all yes. have something amazing to give because we all have had life experiences. We've all had unique understandings. We've all had lessons learned. And yes, I mean, sometimes certain people have had different lessons and whatever, but you've got something unique to bring. And that's what we've got to really, I think, get real with and get honest with is that is that, that is valuable. That's so valuable. And so comparison just needs to be off the table 100%. And, you know, it happens everywhere. Like I see that sometimes in my private um, client mastermind where some people feel like some of the people in the group are succeeding and they're not, and they don't want to post, right? Because they're like, oh, but I'm not doing as well. And I'm like, I don't care. I want to know your wins. Like the smallest win is a big win. And sometimes they post a win and I'm thinking, well, that's a better win than the person who's succeeding a lot. You know, like, you know, you didn't just make a client, you've transformed a part of yourself. Like that's a pretty Mm -hmm. big win. So, you know, I think we've got to just sort of shift and change our whole thinking around that. Just take comparison off the table. I mean, some of this, I don't know about you, but my strategy for sort of handling imposter syndrome is my strategy for a lot of things, which is learning to control my attention, right? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, our attention is such a powerful tool, right? We've got this ability to put our attention on whatever we want and whatever we put our attention on will expand, will manifest will grow exponentially. So our attention is like this huge gift and this huge tool we have that most people don't know how to use. Yeah. Right. So true. Mm -hmm. And and I find for myself when I, you know, sort of pick up on that imposter syndrome, it just happened the other day, which is why I thought about, you know, bringing this to the podcast. You know, I was thinking, oh, you know, there's this, 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 I caught myself feeling like, am Mm -hmm. I really offering value? And, and in that moment I caught it and I was like, ah, Imposter syndrome. There it is. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's here. And then I decided, okay, well, what am I going to do with it? Well, I'm going to take my attention off of that and I'm going to put my attention on serving my clients. Right? Mm -hmm. Like that shifts everything because my attention is no longer on myself or how I'm not good enough or what I could be doing wrong or how I'm not valuable. And instead it's on actually taking action where I know I can, which is I can serve my clients. I can reach out to them. I connect with them. I put my attention on them. And Mm -hmm. that really shifted my experience. And then it was done, right? It was, I didn't go into a shame spiral. I didn't go into a sabotage. It was like, it was a thought. I noticed Mm -hmm. it and I chose what to do with my attention. It's such a simple kind of tool, but it's really, really powerful. Yeah. Well, and speaking of that, I, you know, it's like sometimes I'm trying to think like my own imposter syndrome came up recently where I was thinking about, so I'm trying to brainstorming a new retreat offering that I want to offer at Soma Vida for entrepreneurs. And I was thinking like through the different programming or the content. 
And I was like, wow, that's so simple, right? And that's too simple. That's so simple. And I don't know, it's like doing that, not seeing the value in everything that I have to offer because I was thinking, oh, everyone knows that. Like everyone knows that. Like, it's kind of simple. Then I go to a panel where I hear um, it's about kind of women and motherhood and balancing their business. And the moderator asked the panel a, a question that we often get is like, how are you managing your stress? Um, these were women that had very high, high stress jobs. And they, one of them was kind of in a partnership. The other one was solo. And, you know, they both kind of looked at each other and they looked back and they're like, huh, that's, that's interesting. You know, I don't really, I don't really have tools right now, like for managing my stress, except for checking out. Like they both gave examples of just checking out. And it was this reminder to me that I think that what I know is too simple sometimes. Yep. And then I realized like there are so many people out there that don't even know how to get the simple things into their life. So imposter syndrome can also show up because when we teach something all the time, we lose the understanding of how valuable it is. And so, so like true. even our expertise is like right under our nose and we just like, ugh, everybody knows that. <laughs> like everyone knows how to do that. You know, so true. Really do that too. And it's really funny because I see this a lot because one of the things that I'm really big on is sort of streamlining and simplifying, right? So when I'm working with clients, when I help them craft their service program, we look at what is the simplest steps for them to help someone get from A to B, right? Mm-hmm. And so often they overcomplicate it, right? And I'm always stripping them back. I'm like, no, no, that's too much. What is like one simple step? And they're like, this is too easy. And I'm like, yeah, and that's the value, right? It's easy for you, but for the other person, it's a struggle. And so we totally deny the simplicity of things and we complicate ourselves and what we offer in business. We complicate our marketing. We complicate our sales process, you know, and it it really, the core of all of it is the value issue. The core of all of it is our doubt in ourselves. And I see this in time, like you take sales, right? So I teach a very simple sales process. It's really good about going out and connecting with people. It's not tough. You know, it's like getting interested in someone, asking them some questions. And oftentimes that turns into a sales conversation. Super easy. But there's so much complication. Like people are always thinking, but I've got to do this and I've got to have this and it's got to be this and all I've got to offer more value and more value and more value. And all of that is actually being driven by a feeling of not being good enough. And so then we we over deliver everything. Mm -hmm. Yes. Over delivering and overwhelming ourselves. Like, yeah. And, and it is, it's that fear that we're not good enough. That imposter syndrome is like, uh Oh, they're not going to think I'm an expert unless it's really complicated. Yeah. (laughs) What I'm teaching, like it has to be very complex and really, you know, and we all appreciate when we read a book and we think, gosh, I actually know this stuff, but it's so simply put, I can, I can get it and I can apply this. Like the best teachers do strip things down and they do offer it in bite-sized ways that allow people to take information in. But I think it is coming from that. We're kind of over, um, overthinking it because we want to over deliver and it all stems from a fear that we're not going to be seen as the expert in it if it's too simple. And that's really something actually I catch myself noticing about, um, 
there's also somebody, somebody once said, like, if you notice yourself jealous about something, like, ah, I can't believe that person just did that. I can do that. Like, why am I not doing that? That happens with me and, um, and men like that do stuff that I think that was so simple. Like they just wrote this blog post. Everyone's like thinking it's amazing. And that wasn't and that's something I teach my clients all the time. So I've kind of noticed a pattern of men like jumping on that when we go back to gender of like just saying what they know and not being afraid to just put it out there. And I, so I tend to think that I'm not alone in that, that there are a lot of women that are overthinking it where that's another way that men get their stuff out sooner because they just write the book and they just put it out there. They just, you know, speak about it. And so that's something that when I notice myself do that, that's kind of my aha moment of, Oh, look, I'm doubting myself. Like I'm noticing that a little bit of jealousy because it's an area that I should be letting myself or like compassionately should, but I should be encouraging myself to do that, to step into that. And the only reason I'm not doing it is because of some sort of fear, doubt that I'm not going to deliver at the level that I'm expecting for myself. No one else is expecting that level, but I'm expecting it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, you could pick apart this issue in a few different ways, right? Like, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, it is looking at it from the core first of like, what is it for me? Like, what is it? What is, what am I feeling in this moment? Right. And I think it's really good to start with checking back in with ourselves because sometimes Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we might doubt, you know, or think about the fact that we're a fraud because we are in misalignment with ourselves. Right. So there's, you know, we first have to even check, am I congruent with myself or am I not congruent with myself? Because if it's, it can be this sort of core fear that I'm not good enough and I'm not worthy, which is what we've been talking about. But I also think sometimes it can be that we're trying to operate in a way that is misaligned with us, right? So I see this with women trying to act like men, right? Or trying to act more masculine when they're really more feminine. Some women, as we've talked about on on this podcast, are more masculine and that's a natural way for them to operate. But a lot of women are more feminine, but they try to operate in their business in a masculine way. And so then in a way we are frauds in that moment because we're trying to Mm -hmm. operate in a way that's not ourselves. So I think that it's this Mm -hmm. really important step to check in with ourselves. Like what is really happening? Is it like this core sort of, you know, self doubt and that, you know, that feeling of I'm not worthy and that's rearing its head again. Or is there something misaligned? Because I know that I encounter that a lot with myself. Like we are so trained to be masculine, but I'm a much more feminine person. But then I still sometimes get trapped in that masculine output and that masculine way of doing things. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, something is not feeling right. Yes. Yes. Especially when that is so um, worshipped in our Mm. culture. You know, and so then, oh, there that's the way to do it. And so the the girl holding her hand in class that wants to be called on and wants permission, like we can fall into doing it a way that we think is gonna get us approval when that's not our authentic self and we will succeed more organically by just being who we really are. And yeah, I think another point on this is when you're talking about kind of getting aligned or getting clear whether it's a misalignment or whether it's just a, um, a matter of, of feeling uh, a bit vulnerable is to go into the body and check that direct experience 
and get into the the sensation of it because our mind, this is why I love to talk about the mind-body connection because the mind is really smart, but it's more susceptible to conditioning just because it's the thinking mind that's really smart and figured things out. It's figured out how to survive. The body also does a lot of things that is more survival oriented, but it has this ability when you learn, when you practice going in and feeling the direct sensation of something, there's a truth to it that you learn over time to, to trust and feel that it doesn't, it's not as complicated as what you're thinking. So for me, when I drop in during a moment of feeling imposter syndrome and I really check in most of the time I feel a very strong resonance in my core, which is where usually we feel like sense of self in our solar plexus or in our root chakra. There's like a sense of this is me. I am. So when I am feeling concerned, I go to that area. And when it's really that I'm just scared, I feel like, oh, I am very clear that I'm good enough, that I'm smart enough, that this is my expertise, but then I can kind of feel the little nervous belly or I can feel the shallow breath. Those are ways that tells me that I'm afraid of really stepping into that experience, but my wise self knows it to be absolutely true that this is who I am, that I am showing up exactly who I am. Misalignment, I won't feel that core. It'll feel hollow. It'll feel a little bit more wobbly. So. I don't know if that would help listeners to kind of think about, but you start and everyone's body's unique. There's patterns that are similar, but learning to go into your felt experience more and more is a super helpful tool over time to get clear with that congruency or that alignment. So true. And I think, you know, part of the pieces is it like, I was trying to think about I wanted to bring up this topic, imposter syndrome, but I don't fully connect with the term. And the reason is, is because I hate blanket terms like this, right? You know, where we just blanket something and say it's imposter syndrome. Because the truth is, if you dissect imposter syndrome like we've been doing, there's a huge number of causes. And there's lots of different kinds of imposter syndrome. Like sometimes it's doubt. Sometimes it's misalignment. Sometimes it's just like core, you know, I don't believe I'm worthy. Sometimes it's that you're moving in the right direction and you just feel vulnerable and that makes sense. So it's like there's all these sort of these different pieces of it. And so what's more important is rather than us just labeling something like here I am an imposter syndrome, what's more important is that we start to discern the differences between how we feel because no one can tell you what you have or what you feel. You have to learn to feel in your body. Is this my doubt? Is this that I'm just moving in a new direction and I'm vulnerable and that makes sense and that's good? You know, is it that I'm misaligned? Like these are the skill of being able to discern in yourself. The subtle differences between your feelings are super powerful. Right. When you can do that, and this is what I do all the time with myself, and I'm sure Laura does as well. When you can learn to do that, you have power. You have true power to be able to recognize where you are at and what you need to get to the next level in your life, business, relationships, any of it. Yes. Because to be driven by things that we remain unconscious of means that we are disempowered or lack of power. And so I love that you bring that, you know, that is such an important point is it's 
not about understanding the syndrome. That's probably um, a man came up with yeah, that word. Probably. I mean, you know, most terms in psychology, even these days, you know, and you're like, oh, that sounds so masculine. Yes, because it was. <laughs> Still stemming from Freud or Jung, and I appreciate um, their influences. But there's a lot to be said about your point: is that don't get caught in the label of things or in blanket statements. Use those catchphrases to kind of create curiosity. That's yeah. what happens when someone's like, "Oh yeah, I have imposter syndrome." Then somebody's like, "What?" what does that mean? Do I have that? Um, so we use these blanket statements to create conversation, but then just be curious about, yeah, what does that mean for me? Yeah. And I think for you and I, Sonia, it's so important for us to bring more of a, um, higher levels of, um, connection around things and, and, um, visibility around things that we feel are holding women back in business. Yes. And, if we don't talk about that we are all experiencing different levels of this, then we will continue to, to doubt that we're good enough, right? Like yeah. that's, that's the challenge is if we don't really talk about it. So the more that you bring it up in conversation, I know that I brought it up at a, like a coffee um, that we have with members at Soma Vida and everyone seemed relieved that it was even brought up like, oh, mm-hmm. I can talk about this. Like, yeah. oh, you guys also have this. So it's kind of that secret that some people yeah. walk around going, I don't want to tell people that I walked up to accept that award and just thought, oh God, everyone's going to see through me and they're never going to think that I deserve entrepreneur of the year or whatever, you know, yeah. it's just this thing that, that happens to all of us. Yes. Yes. So true. And that is exactly what we're doing. You know, this podcast is about us bringing to light the issues that people aren't talking about, but the ones that are getting in the way of our success, we want women to actually be successful and liberated and fulfilled. And so like, this means we got to dig into the deep stuff because the deep stuff is what's holding most people back. Yes. Yeah. All right. So thanks for joining us. (laughs) Yes. We love the deep (laughs) stuff. All right. Well, we will see you all next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can dive into more of the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease so they can create more success, more fulfillment, and more liberation. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We are so appreciative of your support. Okay, talk to you next week.